step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. phone number in the title. You'd think Calvin would know the phone number by now. He doesn't. The phone number here on Careless Whispers is 323-642-1484. I, like a fool, told everyone that read the title of this show that the phone number was 642, area code. But Calvin has figured it out. He is here now. Hello, Mr. Chamberlain. Hey, buddy. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, somebody put the wrong number on there. Well, you you would think that you might know the phone number by now. You know, save it in your but contacts be, or something. To, mm. to be fair, to be fair, you put a number that's like almost the same as the number. I feel, I feel like I could have figured it out, but then like. You, it, it got all mixed up in my head because normally I don't need to look. But sometimes I forget. Then I go back well, and I look. I flipped the area code in the first three digits, so that's my mistake. I was doing it hastily this afternoon. Anyway, we're here. We are here. Uh, Kyrie Irving is in Cleveland for now. Uh, he is. He is in Cleveland. Yes, sir. Uh, Cleveland is where he is at at the moment. LeBron is also in Cleveland for the moment, Ray. Well, he's going to be there for the uh, year if you take him at his word that he's not going to waive his no trade clause. Oh, we'll get you. You want to? You want to start there? We can start there if you want. Well, let's let's start with Kyrie and LeBron. I, there, there's actually let's start by telling everybody out there we're taking a break from the Celtics this this week, and that's not by design. It's just there's not really a whole lot going on. They their big stuff happened already, pretty much. They called on Kyrie yeah. Irving. Whatever. We're skipping Celtics talk this week. So if you're here for Celtics talk, I apologize. You're going to have to endure the next hour without it. You, you know what I talk about the former Red Claws coach, Scott Morrison, moving to the Celtics staff? Uh, although there there have been some uh, training staff movement and coaching movement and just different things happening in the organization. We're going to skip it this week. But shout out to Ed Lassert, the trainer. He's gone. That's a crazy move. New That's trainer, all I'm going to say Lord, about huh? that right now. He's been he's been a trainer for a long, long time. Uh, so they're going in a different direction. And I don't want to get into sports analytics right now <laughs> and the sports like science the crap. Two years ago. So we're not going to do that this week. There we go. Uh, all right. And it's- Something we're gonna talk about Kyrie and shit. Well, furry, I I almost feel like uh, I almost feel like you should be playing the music, huh? Huh? It, it seems a I mean, it, it, it's, it's a party strange. over where? It's a party in Cleveland? No, I don't think it's a party in Cleveland. I mean, no, but is it, is, is it a party in Boston? That was the question. Because oh, I yeah, you know what? I guess perhaps it is a party in Boston. Everybody, everybody's assuming now. And that's where I stop it. Everyone's assuming that the Celtics are just going to win the East and Cleveland's going to fall apart 
No, guess what? With with Derrick Rose, the, the Cavs can do just as well as they did last year as far as the regular season is concerned. They're still going to be a one or two seed. And if they make another move, we'll see. But otherwise, the Celtics still have to show toughness in the playoffs to be able to get past this team. I, I'm, I'm not sold, even if Irving is traded for a bag of balls. I'm not sold that the Celtics can get past LeBron just because of the way that the playoffs, the game is different. The Celtics are, are shaping up to be more of a finesse team. And that's kind of what happens when you get rid of your, your grit on defense. So this is not Celtics talk, but this is me saying don't just assume that the Cavs are going to fall off because I don't think they are. This is a Cleveland subject right now. Cleveland is still strong, even if they don't have Kyrie Irving. Well, well look, one, they may have Kyrie Irving, right? Like, so we'll just, let's just come right out and say it. Ah, Kyrie apparently uh, told the, the Cavaliers that he's interested in uh, – them exploring a trade for him would, and I, I find that it, it, supposedly he told them this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it just got released recently. Which I, I find the timing of this pretty interesting because there are there are like reports out there that it may have been someone in the bronze camp who leaked this. Now, um, regardless of who leaked it, I don't I don't know. Uh, there there have been stories about LeBron's reaction. Stephen A. Smith is out there uh, saying that. that uh, he thinks that LeBron wants to beat Kyrie's ass, which is that's about as fun as. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, LeBron's denying all this, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing: like, I'm, I'm sure he is mad at him, and I'm sure, like, you know, vacuum where there are two guys and, and there's no consequences for for any of these things. Maybe LeBron would feel that way, but like, the notion that like an NBA player would like to go and beat up a, uh, another NBA player when they're both like. Uh, all-star level players, it's, it's so outrageous that I, I almost wish it were true, but, like, it's so Stephen A. Smith. But it, the entire thing is just delightful to me. I, mean, I, I don't know. You think Kevin Garnett would have beat up Ray Allen when he went to Miami? No. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. I, I, don't think, I don't think even Kevin Garnett, who is, like, clearly way more volatile than LeBron, would, would ever, like, punch him. Maybe he would punch him, him in the moment, like, if they had an argument on the court. I wouldn't put it passed Kevin Garnett. But the idea that, like, Kevin Garnett's going to, like, go find Ray Allen on the street somewhere when he goes to Miami and then jump him in an alley or something, so I'm, I'm finding that pretty unlikely, right? Yes, I would I would say so. He might so, curse yeah. him so out that, a whole lot. He might confront him in right. public and go at him a little bit, but I don't think he would be physical with him. And, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of a strange uh, analogy to make anyway, just because... Kevin Garnett is accused of being a fake tough guy in real life in the first place. So it's a, it's all a persona right. bravado on the court. So uh, who knows? He probably, he would probably avoid a, an actual physical confrontation. So the, yeah, so the report is that, uh, that Kyrie is, is, has been tired of playing with LeBron for a while, uh, that he, he considered asking for a trade after last year, but the Cavaliers won the NBA title and he decided against it, which if, if that's the case, that just goes to show that like that how in certain scenarios, how winning the title just pay, it makes it impossible for guys to leave because like even Kyrie can't really make the argument that like I'd be better off somewhere else. And so now they lost in the finals this year and it's still probably pretty difficult for Kyrie to make the, the argument that, that he'd be better off somewhere else in basketball terms, right? Even though that's, that kind of seems to be the argument that he's making, that he's he's sort of tired of playing under LeBron's shadow and he wants to see what he can do under his own team. And there's several things that come up with this. One, he, like he, he keeps, the, or you know, whoever is reporting on this keeps quoting that, like, hey, Kyrie has this connection to Kobe Bryant and, like, this idea that he has, like, the Mamba mentality like wanting to get out from from under his teammates' thumb and like just trying to start his own team. It's it's such revisionist history about the Lakers, it, you know, that it has it has nothing really to do with this Kyrie Lebron story. But it, but it's just so annoying to you for me to even have this be connected to Kobe. But but so whatever, Kyrie's his own person. Like don't try to be like oh Kobe is that is corrupting Kyrie and like making him become this guy who's who's gonna 
go off and be a selfish guy like Kobe. Give me a break with that narrative. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's the way people are looking at it. It's more like he – I don't think it's that Kobe's corrupting him. And I don't care about their relationship. But you don't need to have a relationship to to see the tenacity that Kobe Bryant had and to know that he wanted to be the man, you know, just the way he played on the court. He demanded the ball. He demanded attention, basically. And he deserved it. Kyrie Irving's got to get to the point where he deserves it. But I think that he's, he's capable. And, and to this whole – there's a notion out there that uh, Kyrie Irving can't carry a team on his own because he's never won anything without LeBron, and he had a chance when LeBron was in Miami. And to anyone that's making that argument, just please put the Twitter away for tonight. Come back in the morning see if you really still believe that that's an actual argument that you can make for a one or two year player, a first or second year player that doesn't have anything else around him. I listen, I'm not an advocate for Kyrie Irving. I don't, I don't even think he's, he's all that people crack him up to be, but you can't tear him down for not winning with as, as the man when he was in his first couple of years in the league, there was nothing, there was nothing around him. And that's, that, that's so I don't want to hear that. I'm tired of, of that narrative, narrative, and I've seen that on Twitter, and I've seen our own Ty Ray tweeting stuff like that, and it's like, listen, he hasn't actually had a chance to play without LeBron, so you can't hold it against him because he hit the team with nothing when when LeBron wasn't there. Yeah, so so, so I guess if you if you want to like compare, I guess Anthony Davis isn't a winner either, right? Because he he's never won anything. Well, like he, right. even though he's only been in the league, that's sort of the comparison of like the first three years, guy. Like I'm not saying Kyrie Irving is Anthony Davis, but you're right. It's the notion that like a young player has to be a winner in their first couple of years. If you just look at like like I. I feel like Cleveland was not as bad as, like, their roster indicated outside of Kyrie in the first couple of years. I mean, yeah, they had Tristan Thompson, who was, was okay, I guess. But, like, and they had Deion Waiters, who had a, you know, a little bit of a revival this year. But, like, up until this point, has has largely been uh, a, a problem spot up, up until now. Like, what are, we, what are we talking about with those Cavalier teams and Kyrie? No one thinks that Kyrie is LeBron. And, and I think no one thinks that Kyrie – I mean, I, there, there are situations so, – so supposedly the four teams that he's interested in being traded to uh, are San Antonio, Miami, Minnesota, and New York. Now, Miami and New York, like, obviously he would go to those teams and, and be the man that's, that's being discussed here where, like, uh, you know, he, he wants to try to lead his own team. Um, but going to Minnesota or going to – uh, San Antonio, it's like he's going to sort of be in this same situation where he was in Cleveland, which is why I I don't I don't totally buy this notion that I, and, and I think it's being sold uh, to the public this way for some reason to try to protect LeBron, but this notion that like he only wants to leave Cleveland to just to be the dominant force and like have a team just all fall behind him, I don't I don't believe that Ray. Really. I don't believe it either. But yeah. you know what? I will say this, that, that he has potential to be, be the best player in Minnesota. As much as I love Jimmy Butler, uh, it, it's, it's very possible that Kyrie Irving takes a step forward and is actually better than Butler this year. But I will say that there is absolutely 0% chance that he, that he could be the best player if he goes to San Antonio. Leonard is far and away the better player than Kyrie Irving, and he's going to continue to be that way for the rest of his career, in my opinion. So that's the team that I would look at to question whether Kyrie Irving actually wants to lead a team or whether he just wants to get away from LeBron James because he wouldn't be the man in San Antonio. He would be just another piece. I mean, I think by next year, the man in Minnesota will be Carl Anthony Towns either way. But um, sure. but in terms of being the, the perimeter guy, uh, obviously Kyrie would be battling. The point is, is like he only named four teams and two of those four teams were teams where like maybe, maybe he would be the man in Minnesota, but it certainly wouldn't be like, I'm going to Minnesota to be the man guaranteed. No, there, there are guys there. He's obviously trying to go to that team because he thinks like, Hey, we can, we can, you know, I can put them over the top. Supposedly he's friends with Butler 
and therefore he would, you know, he would go there and try to be a part of that team. San Antonio is obviously San Antonio, so he knows what he's. I don't think he's under these delusions, but but I, I think that, that people seem to be glossing over the the secondary element of this in favor of just burying Kyrie for like, why would you want to leave this team, this this winning team, to try to go in, in you know be on a team that's not as good because you're a loser. You have a loser mentality. I, I've been hearing this a lot about Kyrie. Have you? Um, yeah, I don't right. know about a, I don't know about the loser mentality, but I, I mean people are definitely questioning his his. I don't want to say will to win, but they're they're questioning the fact that he he's just walking away from a NBA Finals team. And to that, I would yeah. say, well, I actually give him a little bit of credit for that because he has the confidence to believe that he will still go to the NBA Finals on wherever he goes. And that's the way that I'm looking at this thing. I, I mean, maybe he wants to get away from LeBron James and all the LeBron James supporters out there are trying to tear him down because of that. Uh, and because he's kind of throwing LeBron under the bus and LeBron's whining a little bit about it. What it nobody's surprised by that. Uh, but the, the point is if he didn't have confidence that he could carry a team to the NBA finals without LeBron James, he wouldn't be demanding a trade. He has to be able to. He has to feel that he, that his team, wherever he goes, will have just as good of a chance to reach the NBA Finals as Cleveland does. Uh, and if he doesn't feel that way, then he's a fool for for demanding it because he should stay where he is. But well, but here's the other thing, though. But maybe he maybe he should go anyway, Rory, right? because he, the, the thing about LeBron is maybe Rory, right? just maybe, playing with LeBron is not that fun. Especially if you're a guy who likes to needs to dribble the basketball to succeed, you know what I mean? Like Kyrie, yeah, yeah. People would want to point out that he had his highest usage rate uh, this year with LeBron on the court, but but still, as a as a point guard, as a facilitator, he's like uh, obviously like he averages less assists than most of the other points. It's not like look, if LeBron was Steve Nash, okay, and, and they were and they were winning, I'm they're totally different. You know, in terms of, of quality of basketball player, I'm just talking about style. And then, in, in the Cavaliers were getting to the finals and losing to the Warriors, and and Kyrie was like, you know what, I I need to get out of here. Or let's say he was on the Warriors and they were playing the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers won the title. And yeah, and they're sharing the basketball, they're they're moving it around, and, and Kyrie is like, I'm not getting enough attention. It's another thing, but I I watch these Cavaliers games, and like so often Kyrie has to clear out. For, for LeBron to just sort of hold the ball and dominate. I've seen LeBron berating Kyrie on the sidelines for missing assignments. Kyrie sort of just, like LeBron yells at everybody when he wants to. to he, they don't seem to be particularly close, and I feel like LeBron has this sort of click, and the people on the outside of that click sort of, you know, they don't really feel like they're a part of the team because LeBron's controlling it from the general manager down to the to the Yeah, bottom. you know what? It kind of it kind of just hit me. I haven't really thought about this part of it, but we were just talking about how people were tearing or trying to tear Kyrie Irving down for not winning uh, before LeBron got there. But if you're if in his shoes, how do how do you really feel about that? You were sitting in a position where you thought that you were going to be the man, right? And you thought that you were going to uh, be the focal point of this Cleveland team for the next couple of years because LeBron wasn't there. And they drafted you number one. And you are one of the best prospects to come out of that draft, if not the best. I'd have to look at the draft to remind myself who else was in it at this point. But, I mean, when you look at – the first couple of years in the league for him, he was basically the guy on those teams. And then all of a sudden LeBron comes home and he's this big giant hero and nobody's looking at at you anymore. If you're a guy that likes the spotlight, you're not going to take kindly to that regardless of whether you win the NBA finals or not, which he did. He still doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore because they allowed LeBron James to come back and they treated him like, like he was, was the king. And they just basically took the throne right out from underneath Kyrie Irving's ass, if you will. By the way, it, it, and it's, it's not even just any, all of that. It's also that it, it's pretty, it's becoming more and more clear that LeBron is probably gone, right? What if Kyrie knows that? Kyrie's not dumb. He can read right. the tea leaves. 
like, uh, what if Kyrie doesn't want to be the guy stuck in Cleveland after LeBron leaves? And he doesn't like the fact that LeBron sort of uh, seems to be making this decision unilaterally and not worrying about what, what Kyrie thinks. What if Kyrie's like, yeah, Kevin Love being th- you know thrown out there as a, as a potential trade bait has already been done. Uh, what if Kyrie's like, you know what, get, get me out of here first. You know what I mean? Why why should I wait a year and then be under contract for another year after that without LeBron when I can get out of there now and sign my my excuse me re up with my new team? Like, why would he not do that if you if you really thought LeBron was leaving? Which I think is a distinct possibility. Looking at everything that's happened. Yeah, man, I I don't know why I'm defending Kyrie Irving so much tonight, but I'm just sort of looking back and. Um, 2014-15 was the year that LeBron James came back to Cleveland as the, the hero, right? And I wish I had saved this tweet, basically, because I saw a tweet. Somebody was tweeting, retweeting Kyrie Irving from 2014. I can't remember whether it was before or after LeBron declared that he was going back to Cleveland. But basically, Irving said, I'm in it for the long haul, Cleveland. I'm, I'm here. And he signed his... his uh, extension or his, his long-term deal. And the person was retweeting him today to mock the fact that now he wants to leave. But I, I'm ho- I was hoping that the tweet that he sent originally was before LeBron declared that he was going back to Cleveland because that would fuel my yeah, well, argument. You know, it would, it would sort of say, well, Irving thought he was going to be the man when he said that he was in it for the long haul. And then all of a sudden LeBron's coming back and taking all the spotlight away from him. So listen, I'm not going to say that I feel bad for Kyrie Irving. I don't. He's basically dictating his own future right now. He, he's chosen teams he wants to go to. I mean, granted, if if Cleveland finds a deal to a different team in the league that's not on that list, I'm sure they will pull the trigger, and he will have to go play there for the next two years. But I, I'm not, I don't feel bad for him. He just won an NBA Finals. Um, I will probably back off my stance if he if he doesn't if he doesn't perform well wherever he is next year but I think he can pull it off at this point I think that he can he can at at least get to a a conference final and put himself in position to go to the NBA finals without LeBron James so LeBron says he will not exercise his uh Option his no trade clause. He will not give that option up uh, for any team in the NBA in in this upcoming season, no matter what happens. Why do you why do you think that he will, he leaks that information? Like some people think that it's good for Cleveland that he's saying that because he's saying, hey, I'm I'm going to be here no matter what. But I sort of see it as the opposite as the opposite of that, meaning like. I'm not going to allow Cleveland to get assets back for me uh, be- before I leave next year, no matter what, because screw Cleveland. That's, that's what I looked at, because let's just say hypothetically, if, if you're Cleveland's GM, do you try to ca- call LeBron's, uh, LeBron's bluff in that situation? Maybe you, you look at the trades out there, and you know Kyrie's trade value is, is not what you would like in terms of getting back immediate stars, because... You know those guys aren't don't necessarily become available all the time. So you're looking out there, and, and the best thing you can get are young guys to rebuild for your future. But you know that that's going to burn the, the caps for this year and the prime. Do you do you trade Kyrie for guys who who don't help you in the long term to try to win one more title and sort of appease LeBron on the oh. off chance he decides to stay? Or do, you, or do you go the other way, trade for young guys, ensuring that LeBron leaves for sure, but getting a jump, a jump start on your future? That's such a no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, listen, this is a tough question. This is this is something yeah. that why they get paid the big bucks over there, right? But honestly, yeah. if you even have the the inclination that LeBron James is going to just walk away, then you set yourself up for the future as best you can, and then. You just you go to LeBron and you say, "Listen, if you really want to look like a loyal guy, you're going to stick around, and you're going to build with these younger guys, and you're going to have a chance, even even with these young guys that we just traded for, because you're LeBron James, and we will fill in role players around you and these young guys." And sure, he didn't want to do it with Andrew Wiggins, but if you're really a loyal guy, you'll stick around and you'll do it now. And if he doesn't, then it's on even though you're going to take heat for trading away Kyrie Irving for the future or whatever, it's going to look bad on you. To me, that looks bad on LeBron James because if he really wanted to, to be the guy for 
to Cleveland and just be that, that hero, that true hero, he would stick around anyway, and he'd play it out, and he'd try and get back to the finals and prove everybody wrong. But instead, he's going to do the normal millennial NBA player move, Kevin Durant, and go to uh, the best team that he can. And it's not going to be Cleveland. Because yeah, that's what they do the now. That's what they do now. And it frustrates the hell out of me. All right. Fair enough. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays. It feels like it's blowing up over there, and it, it, it's turning into a delightful circus. I, I kind of hope Kyrie doesn't get traded, even though you, you know I love a good NBA trade, and I love good NBA trade speculation. But I just want them to just simmer in the season and, and see sort of how they have to play on the court with each other and, like, LeBron's passive-aggressive quotes. I can't wait for next season already to start already. I'm ready for it. All right, well, we just talked about uh, yep. Cleveland Cavaliers for 25 minutes on this show. That's that's a damn record, and I don't like it. Um, so let's move on to another guy that I don't like. Maybe we'll make this a five-minute talk. Where is Carmelo Anthony going to end up by the time, uh, let's say, Christmas rolls around? Because I want to leave the, uh, the, the option open for players that have just been signed slash moved to be traded in a deal for Carmelo Anthony, which is – right around December 15th. So, Calvin, I ask you, where will Carmelo Anthony play on Christmas Day? Um, I think that he'll still be in New York. Am I crazy? And the, the reason why I think that is because he's, so he's setting up a situation where he only wants to move to Houston or Cleveland, and I just don't see how either of those two teams gets it done, barring like a third-team scenario where the Knicks get back like the sort of young guys who are going to help the Knicks now – Neither Houston or Cleveland has any assets unless they're going to move Melo for Kyrie, which would sort of be hilarious and amazing. Uh, I mean, I, I guess New York is on the Kyrie's list of teams, and that would be the one thing. But I, I would love to see that because I'd, I'd love to know if like that would make LeBron happy or mad, right? That it'd be an interest. But beyond that, like if I'm Carmelo, I don't understand why I'm so. I, why does Carmelo, other than the fact that he has this no trade, like why is he trying to wield so much power in deciding where he wants to go? Like, isn't he tired of just talk about, talk about a guy? And I realize it's because you know Carmelo has been sort of talked to death. And Carmelo was you know having a war with Phil Jackson, where he's like, Nah, you know what? I don't want to be traded. Screw you. But Phil Jackson's gone. You won that war already. I, mean, I, I feel like Carmelo should be opening himself up to other teams. You don't have to open yourself up to every team. I get it. You don't want to be sent to Memphis. That's fine. But like, why not? Why not? You know, be sent to Portland to, to play with uh, Damian Lillard. Like, why not? You know, McCollum for for Carmelo Anthony. I mean, how does that not work? Those two can't play in the backcourt anyway. Carmelo Lillard and Nurkic, like, that's a way more interesting team to me. And why would New York would do that deal in a heartbeat? I don't know. I, I just see him, him. He's really limiting himself by only making himself available to a couple of teams, but teams that I don't think can get him anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a strange situation um, because he's definitely – I don't know. If I were him, I would just be tired of being in New York, and I would be happy to go wherever they could send me. I, I mean, is there is there a, bet, a worse situation in the NBA right now than the New York Knicks? Please tell me whose roster is worse this year, next year, and the year after. If you just project things out right now, is there anyone? I mean, the Nets, I guess. <laughs> the Nets are improving on, on a. Every other day, it seems like the Nets have done something to improve their team. I like Alan Crabb. They just traded for him today. Listen, I'm not thinking that the Nets pick is like going to be Alan a top Crabb. five pick anymore. I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I don't. I don't feel like the Nets are as horrible as people are expecting them to be. If they are that bad, then that's great. I will love it. But with every little move that they make, they seem like they're they're getting closer from, or further away from the bottom. I keep I keep forgetting the Hawks are my trendy pick to win the lottery next year. The yeah, Hawks, Hawks are your trendy pick, yeah. yeah. But I'm, I, I don't know, man. Unless, if Carmelo went to, if, if, let's put it this way: if Carmelo went to Atlanta, would they be? Uh, would they would they still be that horrible? Yes. Think about it. Their best player is Dennis Schroeder. Okay, their second best player is 
what, Ken Bazemore, Davos Stavolosho? Who, who, who are we talking about here? They're in, yeah, they're in big trouble. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova? Yeah. Are you kidding me? They're adding, look, adding Carmelo to that team, and they're basically the Knicks. So the Knicks without Porzingis and in, in, in replacing him with Schroeder. Does, but does wouldn't it be refreshing to, to get be able to go somewhere else at this point? You've been in yeah. New York this whole time. I don't know. Maybe he likes the city, but I just I feel like if you've been there this long and it's just been like beating your head against the wall year in year out, uh, I would be I would welcome any other NBA city at this point. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think he needs to move, and I think he needs to be willing to move. And until he, until he really is, until he stops being petulant about these, these two teams, I think Cleveland, with the way that they're going, it's going to be really difficult to pull the trigger on a Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, and I think that Houston, again, just doesn't have the assets. It'll be, like you said, at, you know, after December 25th or whatever, when they can move a guy like Nene or they can try to work some sort of angle, maybe they can get it done. So I, I definitely don't think he'll be traded until then. Uh, just because Carmelo will be stubborn enough to hold out uh, his no-trade clause in, until then. But I, by the time it comes around to the deadline, if, if, if it's not looking likely for Cleveland, Carmelo, you, I'm just, uh, Cleveland or Houston, you should really just, just give up that no-trade. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Wow, Atlanta's roster is really bad. Yeah. No, they're trying to be the worst team in the league. They let no step go. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they definitely are. Yeah. I mean – I'm looking around. I, I can't pick. Her. I can't yeah. pick up. Pick out another team. I mean, I'm gonna go look at Orlando right now. But I know that Vucevic is there, and I like him. Is it Phoenix? Chicago's no, it's Atlanta. Yeah, Chicago's up there, there, right? They're, they're the other like they got they got Dwayne Wade. I guess we're excited about that. Oof, Wade. No, I, I mean uh, they have Zach Levine. They, could they be excited about him? Robin Lopez yeah, is still a capable center. They have Miritich. Who knows if Miritich bounces back this year. I, I look at Chicago and I don't say horrible. I look at Atlanta and I say, this is a really bad team. And I, the I other know. one that I was going to check is Phoenix, but uh, I know that Phoenix is running with Devin Phoenix. Booker, so they're not horrible. If Bledsoe's I mean, healthy... What's that? If Bledsoe's healthy, I mean, they're not bottom two, three. This is... Atlanta is just really horrible. You're right. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm jumping on board the Atlanta tanking train tonight. Yeah, that'll be the worst team in the league. Uh, anyway, what is next? Oh yeah, OJ. OJ Ray. play the music. Oh, <laughs> uh, do we have music for something like that? Because <laughs> I'm pissed off for greatness. Close, I guess. Well, he's not, he's so not there know. yet. I don't know if you have a chance. Do you think OJ is going to stay? I think the world might not be there. Right. You're not going to get in any trouble. You're not a you're not a criminal. You're 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 a you're a fine, upstanding human being, as you yourself said, O.J. Simpson. Are you kidding me with you this know, guy? Those lyrics really work for O.J. I guess they, they really do. Yeah, I'm glad I found that. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so did you happen to see any of his his parole hearing? I didn't see it, but I heard uh, some clips and. Boy, did he just sound like he has, has not changed one bit. He's still the the mumbling, bumbling idiot that was trying to talk his way through murder trials 15, 20 years ago. He sounded he sounded really angry still, like about, about his stuff being stolen, and he sort of blamed it. Like he, there was there was like a fascinating lack of contrition to me because I I feel like in again in real life I've not been to. Literally any parole hearings, and I don't know that I've even ever seen or heard a parole hearing be televised before. Have, have you? I can't think of a, of a time. So like, uh, I, no. I, I this so this like, one was uh, was televised just because of the, you know, yeah. the magnitude and the, the 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 just what happened with him throughout the last twenty years. This is a high profile thing, and there were going to be a lot of reporters there, so they decided to televise it. So like I yeah, um, so this was the first one. But my my point is, in my experience with parole hearings is normally like 
uh, you know, the Shawshank Redemption, or like the the guy comes in and he's like, he just gives him a spiel about he's he's really sorry, uh, and the first couple times and it doesn't work, and then the last time he comes in and he's a jerk and they let him out. Um, I sort of felt like OJ played that route. He just went with the like, no, I'm not contrite route, which. I'm going to be honest, Ray, I'm going, I'm going to go contrarian because, you know, I like doing that sometimes. Like, I don't I don't understand why he shouldn't be let out. You know what I mean? Because he's not in jail for murder. That He's not in jail for murder. And, like, the fact that he got right. nine years. The sentence the is bad. No, nine. you're right about that. You're right about that. And you know what? As far as parole hearings go, from what I've heard, uh, just from people sort of talking about it over the last couple of weeks, it's, it's not so much about what you say at that hearing. It's more about how you've acted while you've been in jail. So if they if they have gotten a report from the, the jail and from the officers there that you have been a model inmate, unless you say something totally outlandish in that hearing or you show zero remorse at all, then they are probably going to let you out. And that's that, that's what I think happened here. Yeah, I, I find even though I understand why they do that, I sort of find that to be a little—it's it, a little bit of a slippery slope to me because, uh, yeah, of course OJ was a model prisoner. He was a celebrity prisoner. So I, when you're a celebrity in prison, like they don't want anything to happen to you because it'll be a huge story, and you get sort of cordoned off in your own area. You don't really have to interact with other prisoners that much. You don't have to deal with gangs or like things with other people who like who maybe they go to their parole hearings and they're not necessarily seen as model prisoners because they've had to fight for their existence where a guy like OJ sort of gets to, to sleepwalk through his jail time comparatively. I'm not saying jail, jail's still jail, obviously, but it's like, oh yeah, he was a model citizen, but like how much, you know, how much opportunity did he have to not be a model citizen? But that, that's neither here nor there to me ultimately, because like I said, his, his original sentence for the crime that he committed regardless of whether or not he's remorseful, was harsh for, for the armed robbery. The, the murder has nothing to do with this, and people were sending letters in about, you know, the, you should consider what happened in, in 1995. Why should why, – I don't understand why the parole board should consider an acquittal. Like, we have, we have a legal system for a reason. Yeah, you want to go back and, and point out evidence and documentaries and things after the fact. That's fine, but there, there was a trial. Like, you, we, you can't keep holding that against him if he wasn't convicted. Like, period. I don't you, – you know what I mean? You, you want to dislike him in real life. You want to, like, take it personally. You, you want to, you know, say whatever you want to say to him. That's, that's your business. As long as you don't break any laws, as long as you don't punch him in the face, that's fine. But, like, you can't expect him as a man who's in, in, in jail for a completely different crime to, like, pay the price for something that he was found innocent of. Otherwise, like, if, if we just started doing that, then, like, it, should we just uh, double down on sentences any time we suspect anyone of anything? Like, we can't just, hey, we're just doing this for OJ because we really think we bungled this one. Like, yeah, it's, it's in, innocent until proven guilty, and people forget that all the time when they disagree with the outcome of a, of a trial. So uh, this is this is hypo- hypocrisy. Uh, at its at its finest, I think, it, when people are saying things like that and trying to hold the murder against him in this situation, whether you believe he did it or not, whether you believe that the legal system failed or not, you have to just take the result for what it is. You can you can proclaim anything you want as far as how it went down, why you believe it's it, it was corrupt or what what have you. Name any conspiracy theory you have, but you can't take that information and apply it to the crime that landed him in jail. That's all. Really, OJ walks into your accounting office and he says, "Ray, can you can you do my books? I'll, I'll pay you a, a reasonable rate." What do you say? I I would I would say I think yes. I mean it's. As long as you are gonna, you're gonna pay, and there's gonna be no trouble, and that would be the same for anyone. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I'll take a look. Like, yeah. show, as long as you're honest and you're truthful and you show everything and you and you provide me with everything that you, that you made and all that stuff, give me all the information. Yeah. Don't threaten me. Don't threaten anyone else around here. That's that's all there is to it. I'll. I'll look, I'll do your taxes. Come on in. What a good guy. Are you good at doing taxes? 
Um, I would say probably not. I, on a scale of one to ten, I would I would give myself, I don't know, maybe a, a five or a six. I wouldn't I, I don't tr- I wouldn't trust me to do your taxes if you have other things you, going on. You wouldn't go to yourself for taxes. That's saying. correct. Yeah, I would I would say that I'm not a tax accountant is what <laughs> definitely right, not a tax enough. accountant. But if if OJ really wanted me to do his taxes, I would do it. What a good guy. Yeah, cuz he's just a guy. That's the thing. It's like he yeah, I mean, granted he, he may have done something horrible, and, like, that's not necessarily something he should be forgiven for. But it's also, like, not really something you're involved in. And he's a guy who went to jail for something different. He's being let out. It's not that big of a deal. He yeah. was just relaxed. Listen, people in America get second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances all the time, and they they keep blowing it, and they go back to jail, and then they get let out, and they go back to jail. It's the way the system works. It's... It may be antiquated in many different ways, but it's it's what we have to work with. So until somebody overhauls the entire thing, you have to accept it and voice your displeasure if you want. That's it. Anyway, what's next? Hi. What's next? Uh, I want to talk about uh, old Miss coach Hugh Freeze. Former, actually, former now old Miss coach Hugh Freeze. Do you know about the story? Uh, I heard about it briefly. I didn't really look into it too much. Right. Uh, but apparently he was he was contacting some illegal people on his work-provided phone. The school provided it to him, of course. Yeah, so apparently uh, he's been dealing with sort of uh, some, like, minor uh, infractions for – recruiting violations and that sort of thing. And he, he made his records public, uh, while, you know, redacting a couple of, a couple of them. So the former old miss coach before, uh, Hugh freeze, this guy Houston nut, uh, is, is like, he, he's suing old miss for like wrongful termination right now. And his, his lawyer, Houston Nutt's lawyer, is like friends with some random guy who, when Hugh Freeze's like information, when his phone numbers were let out, just started like researching, going through all his phone numbers, randomly. I don't, I don't even understand why completely to try to, I guess because because of the infractions to try to, uh, sort of like get infractions to then give to Houston Nutt in his allegations against Ole Miss to be like, yeah, you, you fired me, but, like, this guy still has his job and look what he's doing. So, basically, Ole Miss had an old coach who had an axe to grind, had a lawyer and a friend, and, like, they went and they, they're the ones who looked through these thousands of phone numbers and found one phone number that they didn't recognize called it and went to an escort services number. And then they spent, like, more time finding uh, more phone numbers and then and, and narking on the coach and thus getting him fired. I mean, he quit before he was fired. But essentially he was fired from the school uh, because, not for using escorts, but because he was using a school-paid phone to call said escorts. That's the that's the uh, nuts and bolts of the story. Sorry if I, I explained that in a confusing way. No, that's all right. But, but it's, but, it's but, yeah. The school is acting like it's more about the the uh, the hardware that he used than it is. Yeah. The actual act <laughs> itself, my, which is yeah ridiculous. My thing is is one yeah, but one these these calls to the escort service were like. They, they, it's not like he was calling a phone sex line on on the school phone where he <laughs> this is gonna get graphic, but uh, where, where he just you know spending an hour on this phone sex line and like running up two ninety nine a minute. Uh, I just know because of commercials two ninety nine a minute for like three hours, and he, all of a sudden he's got like a, a three hundred dollar phone sex bill a month. Then then I would understand like why that would be some sort of uh, you know violation, but it said it's like one minute. Uh, calls where he's setting something up on his own. Um, this guy is an adult. Yes, I, I know. You know, prostitution is technically not legal, but it it doesn't really seem like it should be the school's business to me. Am I am I crazy here? Like, you want to get him for the infractions, or whatever. I I get it, but like, I don't know. Yeah, he's again. He's not like using the phone to profit off of them. He's using the phone because like that's his phone. 
he, you want to, you want, if you want to say he should be fired because he was too dumb to have a second personal phone, I, I almost like more likely accept that rationale than accept the notion that like that he's you know somehow really violating school policy by using this phone for one minute conversations. Because what if he what if he used the one minute conversation to to not meet up with an escort, but just like meet up with uh you know someone he met in a football game for, or or just some some woman that he knew for sex. In, in, yeah, dating, seems, I don't know. It seems like they're trying to dance around the subject, and that they're yeah. they're 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 like trying to focus on the fact that he was using his phone for non-work purposes as opposed to the thing that it he is, did. Yeah. And it's 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 like you know what? Just own up to it. If you want to denounce one thing, but not the other, shouldn't you be denouncing? The fact that he's like calling an escort service, which is not legal. Like, I, yeah, I, I, the, the way, school seems to have this backwards, in my opinion. That's 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 I, all there I is agree. to it. I, and beyond that, like, look, I get it. I get it. You're in a lawsuit with the school, so like, you're you're trying to make your money, but like, it's quite a burn to be the former coach, angry that the school is fired you over like unfair situations and then create that situation for the current head coach just to like help your own lawsuit out. That's a pretty pretty sick burn. I was done. Yeah. You were done. Sorry. I um I don't know. I I don't think there's much more to say about this. The this is not the first time that Ole Miss has has messed something up. Uh this is not the first time that an NCAA violation has occurred with uh, with not just being an NCAA violation, but being like a totally illegal act uh, multiple times if, with with an NCAA employee. And people are just going to forget about it again. They're going to turn the other way. The NCAA, to me, Calvin, is just corrupt through, out, throughout the entire organization, up and down the ladder. And while I enjoy watching uh, the athletes perform, I wish that the organization itself was a little more straightforward, straight-laced, because there are things that, that you, we probably don't even hear about that are going on within the NCAA, sweeping things under the rug, and it's just it's a shame, really. It's a shame, because they should be representing the, the, the future of the United States as – Athletes, young adults, getting an education and showing their athletic prowess—it—it it, it could be done in a in a much better way. But this is another one of those things that's so deep rooted, and it, it, it's just—it's never going to go away until there are sweeping changes. So you have to kind of live with with what what it is. Yeah, I guess it's just like. I don't know. It just—it's—it's it's annoying that school that like the just basically you know creates slave labor with their athletes essentially is like they want to turn on a guy for you because he like did something in his private time that yeah I guess is technically illegal but like I don't know I'm just not I'm not really behind it I guess I'm losing momentum here so um, let's move on to the Cowboys then huh yeah the Cowboys oh, this is they were boy were they put in a tough spot um. Okay, so let's. Why don't you explain it, and then I'll I'll sort of gather my thoughts here because I look at this from a little bit different perspective. After the Patriots had the whole Aaron Hernandez experience, and I dealt with with people talking about that that every single day for years or a year and a half or whatever it was uh, around here. So this is nowhere near that, but I feel like the Cowboys cutting the player that you're about to talk about was a, a, yeah. a snap reaction. And that may have had something to do with it just because they want, they wanted to, they wanted to just cut ties before they even knew what happened, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the Cowboys is their, their biggest issue very is hypocrisy. So this guy, lucky whitehead, great name, although ironic because of the, the run of bad luck. So I don't know if you heard about this other story that happened to him just this week, but his dog got kidnapped and ransomed for 20 grand. And he, he ended up like, 
uh, he ended up getting it back after like someone saw the, the dog on Instagram with a rapper, and the rapper like said that he had bought the dog from people who had stolen it, and it was he was trying to get his money back from Whitehead. That was the story, but he ended up giving the dog back. But anyway, huh. so he was like super worried, got his dog back, uh, and then uh, apparently uh, he had an arraignment in Virginia for uh, some, a shoplifting charge that he had caught earlier in the year, and he did not show up for his court date. And immediately upon hearing the news that he did not show up for his court date, the Cowboys cut Lucky Whitehead wide receiver, and which was, you know, it's all well and good. Look, you don't show up for your court dates, like how many chances you, you, you want to give a guy. Uh, the only problem, really, is that it wasn't Lucky Whitehead. He was not in Virginia at the time. There was, there was a guy there who uh, apparently, I don't really understand this story either. I mean, they didn't really give more information. But this guy who did get arrested gave the cops Lucky Whitehead's name, date of birth, and social security number from memory. How he, how he had all that, I have, I have no idea. And, Seems so strange, right? Yeah. He was processed as Lucky Whitehead, and Lucky Whitehead never went to his court date because he didn't know it existed. So all of this is say a, a couple of things. One, like it's neither one like Lucky Whitehead or this guy. Neither one of them were fingerprinted. Like two, yeah, I mean, whatever name. So the, the police, the police down there definitely bungled this for sure. Like this is this is not even close. But this makes me wonder. Like Lucky Whitehead's only 25 years old, the football player. So yeah. this, this leads me to believe that the person that was arrested, at the very least, looks like Lucky Whitehead. Because from what I saw, the, they actually pulled up a photo of him from, from records, and it matched, or it was close enough, right? So this guy right. must look like Lucky Whitehead, in, in which case, having known that information, he must have realized this at some point, and somehow hacked into the guy's phone or something. Maybe he bought it on the internet. Now that the internet is being, I don't even want to get into that. Uh, he, he found it somewhere. He, he hacked in. Let's just go with those. We'll go with those cliche terms for this, for, for this purpose. And he got that information and said, Hey, I look like lucky whitehead. I can get away with anything and just give them his information. And I'm, I'm, I'm gone. To me, the police should be chase, trying to chase down this other guy now. Figure, figure it out. That's dangerous. What if you find somebody else that he looks like? He's going to do the same thing. Yeah, no, you know, maybe. But the, the, prob, the problem, Ray, is that in the, in the wake of this incident, the Cowboys immediately cut like Lady Whitehead, so he's gone. There's no uncutting him. He's out. All right? Yep. You got, he got cut basically for committing no crime. And then the Cowboys, like again, like you were just talking about with Old Miss, where they came out and they focused on the wrong part of it. The Cowboys came out after the fact and said, like, yeah, this guy has been a problem for a while. I guess he, he missed a, a team meeting or something because he, he fell asleep and was suspended for a game last year. And this was just the final straw. So I know what you're talking about in terms of, like, having a certain amount of empathy for the Cowboys and being like, well, well, look, like, you you know, a guy commits a crime and, like, you don't want to be the organization stuck trying to stand behind a criminal. But my, my, my problem with this one is his, the, the crime that he, you know, quote, crime that he committed was shoplifting, right? Two, it was like, okay, and, and I realize he then didn't show up for his court date, but, like, even if he, you know, they even if he did it and then they they caught him and, and ran him down, he's probably not, you know, he's probably just got to, like, pay a fine or something, right? He's not going to jail for shoplifting. He's just not. And and even be, so if you're the Cowboys, yeah, maybe, he, you know, you cut him because you don't want to deal with the headache because teams don't want to deal with the headache. Even all of that, I, I would be okay with in theory beyond feeling bad for this guy who had a, a, a case of mistaken identity. And maybe, like, the Cowboys should come back to him and be like, you know, we'll, we'll our bad or resign you the roster. I really think that's what they should do, even though they're taking the attitude of, like, nope, what's done is done. So, yeah, they uh, should. you think they should do that? They should do that? I, sh- I think they should, they should do that, yeah. yes. They should definitely try and re-sign him. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I, I would say that he probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to re-sign there. I would, he may yeah, say, screw true. you, I will go find somebody else, uh, which would be – I wouldn't blame him for that. But out of good faith, they should definitely reach out to him and say, hey, uh, we, we screwed that up. Do you, do you want to actually come back? They won't. They but should. Right. 
all of this doesn't matter in the wake of their total unyielding hypocrisy in comparison to the Ezekiel Elliott stuff. This is the biggest problem. That's my biggest problem with this close. situation. It's not even close. Look, Ezekiel Elliott uh, reportedly uh, committed domestic violence against a woman. Okay, uh, Jerry Jones says he, he went over the evidence, and there's absolutely no evidence that this occurred. He looked at all the information. He's trying to do a preemptive strike against the NFL, which can I just say, uh, and this, this applies to Robert Kraft, this applies to Jerry Jones. Like, I don't like NFL owners, like, trying to, like, uh, stop the NFL from doing its job in terms of, of, of like, you know, maintaining order. And I understand why they have to do it because NFL discipline has gotten out of control and guys have been suspended with, without evidence. But just realize before it comes down to Ezekiel Elliott, like this has already been a pattern with the NFL where guys get accused of a crime. There's, there's no evidence for whatever reason, or there's no, there's no actual criminal charges filed for whatever reason. And that person gets suspended anyway. It's probably going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott. I don't need Jerry Jones coming out and trying to stop it because then you're just creating a, scenario where one it, it you know riles up the fans and, and and two you're you're trying to act like the owner is powerful enough to undermine the NFL and if in Jerry Jones and Kraft are like two of the most powerful owners in the NFL now if he doesn't get suspended for long enough then there's the you're feeding the other side of this conspiracy argument of like of, of whatever like guys Jerry Jones put a stop to, to Elliott's suspension and on top of that by the way there's he beat up a guy in a bar on July 9th and, and that case got dismissed apparently because uh, they couldn't find the guy. Uh, but it's basically a known thing that it happened. They just don't have enough evidence. He walks on that. The point is, is, is he kill Elliot? It's like, there's enough evidence to say that like, this is a guy that, that we shouldn't necessarily stand behind. But Jerry Jones is so gung-ho, and, and the Cowboys are so gung-ho about just ride or dying with Ezekiel Elliott, just because he's good as opposed to Lucky Whitehead, which is fine. But, like, don't act like this one guy. Like, Ezekiel like, Elliott is a saint compared to this other guy who you cut who didn't do, even do the thing that you think he did. Yeah, I mean, if you want to cut the guy because he's not that good of a – player and you you just don't want him on your team and that's one thing but he's a, a third year player coming into this season he has been more of a, a return man for for them than anything but he's just he's it's he's just in his basically his third year and i, I would think that they would give him a, a more of a look than than that but they're, they're just they're not like you said earlier, they're not focusing on the right thing here when they, yeah. when they decided to cut him. And, and that's just, I don't know. The hypocrisy of them is, is pretty ridiculous because the same thing happened with JJ Hardy and they, they held on to him for a little while and they're, they're just, they're, they are potentially doing it again with Elliot. And it's just, it's a, it's a pattern at this point down there in Dallas. So, He's gonna get keep getting away with it though because that's big money and that's Jerry Jones and that's the NFL. I don't know what more can so, we say. So real real quick, uh, man, now that now that this stuff came out about the, the Price actually story, so that really makes Price look like a jerk, doesn't it? Is it just mm, me? Yeah. Price, oh man, Price is is a total dink. I mean, he, he always he has been this entire time. He's just he's a he's a me first crybaby and this this is part of the reason that he's probably not that good in the playoffs because he can't handle pressure he can't handle criticism he, he can't really handle anything and he's more vocal than Carl Crawford but um, I feel like the two of them have been a couple of the the worst acquisitions in Red Sox history as far as being able to withstand the heat that comes with walking into that clubhouse and being micro, under the microscope at all times by the media and the fans just being in this market. He, he can't handle it. And uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't expect this, the Red Sox to do much if he's going to be one of their top pitchers. So it's a good thing they have Chris sale. Yeah. For the for a second, there, I thought you were going to, you, you were going to uh, ignore Panda as one of the worst free acquisitions, but uh, I guess you were only talking about temperament. So yes, that guy seems temperament. Like okay. And he's crazy. In any case, yeah, I, I just think that, like, like, actually going and saying that, it, 
that, you know, he didn't like a guy's minor league stats were bad, and and then for Price to just freak out that much and be like, oh, oh I guess you, what do you say something about like, oh, I guess you were never never a pitcher who struggled or whatever. Just, oh, this game comes easy to him. Yeah, he's yeah. here. He comes, the best pitcher that there ever was. It's it's, yeah. it's so arrogant and it's so uh, just petty and childish. It's I mean, talking about petulance with with Carmelo Anthony and this. Even more than, than than that, so it's ridiculous. Right. David Price, shut your mouth. Pitch pitch well. That's how you that's how you combat people that are criticizing you. Go and pitch well. You don't you don't right. go well, add a Hall of on a team plane anyway. Play that's the music. It for us. Play the music. Good night, Calvin. See ya. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.